Welcome to Standout Life, a podcast dedicated to living boldly amongst the busyness. My name's Ali Hill, and as a psychologist, it's been my profession to connect with people's stories. And when you think about it, it's the conversations that we have with ourselves and with others that truly shape us. It's through exploring these stories that we start to find a pathway around the magnificent and the remarkable question. So what does it actually take to live a standout life? Throughout this podcast, I sit down with influential women and a few good men and we chat about how they live a life of purpose while still making progress. We dig into their stories, both the successes and the struggles, and in doing so, we get some amazing insights into what it takes to live big and ultimately how they've found the wins in this crazy, busy world. So let's dive deep into what it takes to live a standout life. Media personality Maz Compton is one of these human beings that if you get the chance to sit down with her, which I did in this podcast, you will soon realise that she's lived both the high life and she's been faced with some really tough times. And she's been able to learn some lessons from both of those situations. On top of her radio work, she's a business owner of F45 Gym in Avalon and is currently hosting a web series called Chatterbox, which you can view on Yahoo 7. Throughout our conversation today, we explored the importance of setting boundaries and Maz shared how she's learned to trust what she calls her spiritual GPS, which I just love that terminology. And now that's the thing that informs her decisions, what she says no to and what she says yes to. So I know you're going to love this episode. Sit back, soak up the magic that is the beautiful soul of Maz Compton. Maz Compton. Hey, gorgeous. Great to share the space with you. Great. And I feel like um, I'm welcoming you into this studio, which is like your home. It's like I'm welcoming you into your lounge room. What's it feel like to be on the other side of the interview? Do you know what? I feel a bit like naked because I'm not armed with a thousand questions because usually my ammunition Uh in a studio is I have this great buffer of I can create this rapport and I've got all these like quirky stories (laughs) I can tell and all of these questions I've done all this research but today it's like sit back relax yeah what do you want to know yeah so now you know what it like it feels like to sit on the other side I know but hey I hate it no I don't (laughs) (laughs) if you take over this will go the other way if I do please stop me. <laughs> no, but look, you have connected probably with the who's who of entertainment. Um, yeah. You know, you've been in some pretty cool spaces. Has there been a particular highlight? Like, is it is it hard to... Oh my to, gosh, uh, Ali, there's been 10,000 million yeah. highlights over 12 years of live broadcast media. Um, the highlight of the last few weeks, yeah. that's how I kind of like to compartmentalise yeah, yeah. <laughs> it. Yeah. Um, was I got to meet Matt Damon. Oh, nice. And, like, he's cool, right? Really cool. So I got to host for Facebook Live the red carpet for the premiere of the Jason Bourne movie. Amazing. So that was amazing because I got, like, usually on red carpets, like, I know they look glamorous, but it's really, like, it's a shit fight. Mm. And there's usually, you know, all of the journalists are lined up behind this rope and you get your allotted two-minute chat with said star and it's all quite, you know, like you're a part of a a production move on, yeah. But I happen to have like this entire setup in the very middle of the red carpet dedicated just for Facebook Live and they kind of got Matt out of the limo and ushered him over to me and we had like a good five, six-minute chat live on camera together and, and it was just, I was like, Oh, this is so cool. Yeah, right. And just little things like 
after those moments because they are quite surreal and, mm. you know, you kind of sit back and reflect. And, and I, after the whole thing and Facebook loved it and Universal loved it and it was all really cool, I thought about what I'd talked to Matt Damon about and he told me that he'd been out for dinner with Tom Cruise and I didn't even ask him what he'd ordered because I was <laughs> so caught. We all know you know, were going to let him like, right? Oh, what a missed opportunity, you idiot. No. But, um... Yeah, that was like that's a highlight from the last couple of weeks. Yeah, amazing. And it must be really <laughs> cool to see the people behind the celebrity. And, yeah. you know, to be able to get into conversation around some of that as well. Yeah, and most like most, most, most A listers are so cool. And um they're just doing their job. Yeah. You know, and and you can tell sometimes when they're at the end of a day where they've been in a hotel room and they've just talked about this damn movie they filmed two years ago. They get over it, but that's the job. That's that's what you get the paycheck yeah. for, and that's what you sign up for. Yeah. And then there are other really incredible moments that you'll never get on camera because they're just so raw and real. When you meet someone for the first time, and their guards down, and you know they're just being a human. Yeah. And they're the bits I love the most. And and I think that's the bits that everyone loves the most, isn't it? Like it's the it's the seeing the person behind what we put up on a pedestal or what Mm. we kind of say of that success. And I know it's something that you and I have even spoken about of of getting into conversation around even the mess of success. So you've known success. Like you you in the the last eight years you've done a whole range of different things from radio producing from from what I know, being in front of cameras, being behind cameras and all of the above. Um... What and you know, obviously, found yourself with a national drive radio show. I know. Tell me about what some of the mess that sat in that. Like even while you were going through success, what was there anything that kind of surprised you that go, hang on, this isn't oh, meant to happen when you know when I hit this. Everything about my career has been surprising. <laughs> I think because I, I didn't really plan it. Mm-hmm, like I just yeah. went, I want to do that. And so then you build the plane as you fly it and you kind of go, oh, well, I probably need to have some good interview skills and some radio experience and this and then all of a sudden you have a national drive show and you're like, what? But I think there's been so many messes. Like I, there was a season where um, I, I went to Adelaide to do a breakfast radio show for Nova, mm-hmm. which I did for two years and we were very successful in the market and it was one of those things where my manager, you know, rang me to like, I mean, it was a conversation. He didn't tell me what to do because ultimately I made the decision. But he was like, you know, you go to Adelaide and you do the time and it's a golden ticket in media. Mm-hmm. Like you, if you prove yourself there, you'll get the golden ticket back to Sydney. I'll get you back to Sydney in two years. Like that was our big plan. Yeah. And I remember it was like a year and nine or ten months into this contract when I got offered a job by the opposing network and so for me, I'd only ever envisaged my media journey in radio with Nova. Right. I was like, as far as I was concerned, there weren't any other radio stations. Like my whole journey had been with them. And then all of a sudden there's their competitor going, we love your show. Would you want to like move back to Sydney and do it for us? And yeah. I'm like, well, no one told me I was going to have this conundrum. Right. <laughs> and I, I had like this, it took me about four weeks right. to make that decision. And I, I left Nova, like we, we were poached, if that's, you know, the right yeah. term. And and that's fair game. You're allowed to go and work for whichever network you want to work for. And, yeah. and I'm, you know, that has been its own mess and its own journey as yeah. well. But I remember that crossroads of 
shit, no one told me this was going to be hard. I just thought if you're good at your job, you'll get off at a job and then you'll do the job and then you get off at a job and you do the job. And what had happened is I'd been so good at my job that it had like shown all these other people I was good at my job and they were like, do you want to do our job? And I'm like, it was such a weird, like scary road because then you're like, well, what if I make the wrong decision? Yeah, yeah. And I look, I think all of us have had those moments, oh, haven't we? And and even if it's so a really much anxiety. Cool, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, what if I don't get it right? And it's such a cool thing to be asked. But uh, I think, you know, when I was making this that choice at that season of my life, I had to just and my and I'll never forget my manager saying to me, and he's so right, he was like, you know what? In a situation like this, there isn't a right or a wrong answer. There's a decision and then you just suck it up. Yeah. And he was like, so whatever you choose, choose with integrity and do authentically and do it well and you won't regret your decision, no matter where it ends you. And that advice now reigns so much more true um, after what I've gone through in the last 12 months than I ever thought at the time when he mentioned it. Yeah, it's so, and it sits with some of the stuff that I say, you know, you've got to get clear on what your purpose is, but I don't mean in a life kind of, you know, this is the one thing I was put on the planet to do, because I do think, like you say, you get opportunities thrown at you. Yeah. So how do you find the purpose in where I'm at right now? Yeah. Um, and then, yeah, so then last year you're on this high, great success, things are happening. Um, and again, I remember you saying to me that even in that space, there was probably a little voice in your head going, this is great, but my career is not quite mine. What was that? Yeah. What was that voice? So I guess like as far as radio goes, I think most broadcasters would say that the two biggest jobs in Australia are the National Drive Show and the Sydney Breakfast Show, and I've done them both. Yep. Um, and I stopped doing them both not by my choice. So mm. when I was doing the National Drive Show, we were doing really, really, really well, and then the company said, you're doing so, so, so well, we want to put you into the Sydney Breakfast slot because that's, you know, the yeah. flagship show and that's your reward for all of the hard work. And when you get presented with an opportunity like that, you don't get a choice. It's, yeah, right. It's just the way it is. Okay. And so, I mean, I had a choice, but the other option was to be unemployed. So mm. Not a I chose choice. to stay employed, yeah. Sure. Um, which was a good decision. Yeah. And then, yeah, like 10 months into that experience, um, we had this new, like, new management come in and they made a decision and we were then told that we weren't going to continue doing the show that we'd been doing. Mm -hmm. So a few months before that, like, intense crossroads that no one could ever foresee or plan for and still baffles me beyond belief, um, I had this, like, I don't know if it was, like, this God whisper or this, like, awakening or this, I don't know what it was, but there's just something in my spiritual GPS Mm -hmm. that was like, you've just got to start planning for the next thing. Right. Which is a really weird thing to feel when you're so early in your Sydney breakfast journey, which is supposed to go for a decade. Right. Okay. Right. Like in my head, two-year contract, brand new show, um, you know, the full backing of a network. All signs look like. Face on billboards, TV commercials, like it's all happening. Yeah. And to have this thing in me go, 
like it this is not like don't get too comfortable mm-hmm. you know like the rug can get pulled from under your feet at any moment so just start thinking about that girlfriend. Yeah, and we don't think about that, do we? Like, we, you know, and even I'm sure Matt Damon, the celebrities, like we, we do pave our path, but it's also there are moments where that's actually in someone else's Totally, decision. totally somebody else's call. And it was weird because I, I, I listened. Like I went, mm-hmm. you know what, great, okay, I'm going to take note. And so I bought a gym. Yeah, like as you, you do, do right? <laughs> Which is, <laughs> I mean, when you say that sentence, it, it is a bit odd. But I'd been training at, at this gym, and I'd, I'd, I don't even know how I found out, or someone told me that you could buy a franchise, and I was like, "Well, that's a new direction. Business is cool. Yeah, could be a sweet boss lady. I love going to the gym. I'm going to buy a gym, and so I bought a gym. And it, the way that everything unfolded and and panned out, I've been able to set up and run my gym to the point. We're in three months we've broken even, which is insane. Brilliant. And brilliant. And I wouldn't have been able to do that, A, if I hadn't bought or invested or even started to look down another avenue, and B, if I didn't get fired. So, (laughs) no, (laughs) Which, again, is a weird sentence, but... So what it's kind of saying to me is, like, part of that is that you and it sounds like it's not just a one-off, that you've actually kind of said yes to things with having no idea how yeah. it's going to work. Yeah. And how often does that happen to the people around us, right? Like that. I've learned to trust it because yeah. there have been times when I haven't trusted it and then I've gone, oh, you, I knew, I knew about that and I should have, and I second-guessed myself or I doubted myself or, or I listened to that other voice or that other person, mm. I didn't listen to my, like, inner being. And I think... What helps you reconnect with that? Because I think it's such a powerful thing. And, when I, like, I talk yeah. about people being in that kind of state of freak out where they're really clear on what they want to do and the conversations they want to have, but, say, the people around them are going, oh, not yet, or not you, or just hold back, or it's not not holding. So what helps you to, to actually stop and listen amongst all the noise? To I that- think it's like a muscle. Like you, mm. you, the, the more you work at it, the stronger it gets. So for me now, it I'm so in tune with it. Like yeah. I, and it's because I've been through all of these like insanely huge life events in, in a short lifespan. Like I've lived 10 lives yeah. and there's been so much trauma and so many situations where I've had to rely on it that now I just know, like I just I just know what's going on. And so I can say with conviction, like I can manifest things and 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 I don't know what I don't know what's next, but I know there's a next. Yeah. And I know it's completely different to what I'm thinking it is, and that's cool. So I think another way that I look at it, Ali, is when I when there's a lot of resistance around me. I feel like I'm onto a good thing. So cool. I don't know why, but I've I just feel like when 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 something comes up and there's like a, a little bit of pushback from the universe or people like people really close to you going, nah, I don't think so, or yeah. you know, stick to what you know, or stay in your lane, or you know, don't don't take such a big risk or risk or whatever. Then I that's when I get excited and I'm like, sweet, okay, cool. Yeah, we're pushing the boundaries. If it's not going to be worth anything, it's not worth pushing for. Yeah. And, the, and then the resistance doesn't need to be there because it's not going to be worthy of anything. It's not going to matter. Yeah. So I feel like, you know, every time I come up against this resistance, I'm like, well, this is going to obviously be impactful and powerful, so I'll keep going. 
Yeah, wow. That's that. I mean, that's powerful on its own. And yeah. how many people actually go see the resistance, and that's just proof that it's not right, and I've got to fix it, or it's got to be more perfect, or I've got to be more certain. And there's a subtle difference between being rebellious against, like you know, just sheer. Well, screw you, I'm going to do it. Yeah. And just just knowing that you're onto a good thing and that that resistance is a confirmation that you should keep going. Yeah, which is coming back to that spiritual GPS. Yeah. Which I think doing that when we're really certain in ourselves is is really key. So, like, your life's busy. You've just had a crazy busy day. You've I've rushed in here at the end of the day. day. <laughs> I'm wearing dark lipstick, for goodness sake. Oh, like, it looks amazing. To do a podcast, though, I mean, really, it's so over the no, top. No, it looks amazing. <laughs> You're ready for TV while we're on podcast. Why not? But look, how do you... How do you look after yourself amongst the busyness? How I've you... learned the hard way. Uh, I used to, like, I'm pretty go, go, go. These, like, just as, as a human, like, I'm mm. pretty high intensity. Yeah. And I think when I was younger, I would just go, 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 go until I was pretty much hospitalised with dehydration and, like, having a breakdown. Yeah. And that, that's when I go, oh, maybe I should calm down. And so I've learned with um, a bit of maturity because I'm getting older, <laughs> that I can't do it all and it's okay to say no. Yeah. And I think sometimes the things you say no to define you more than the stuff you say yes to and do a bad job of. Yeah. So I've learnt to, like, not do, <laughs> which it sounds really So what do you say simple. no to? What's so on your many things. Yeah. Um, the main thing for me, especially in media, is I don't know how true this is, but the more you're out there, the more you're photographed, the more followers you have, like it's this self-fulfilling prophecy where then you've got a bigger profile. So then brands will want to engage and interact with you more. And it's like, so then you've got to keep going to these things and getting your photograph taken and being and doing and and all of this. And that's exhausting. And I, I just got to a point where I was like, I don't want to stand in a room full of people who I don't want to have a conversation with anymore I'm done. So I, I rarely go out to events. Yeah. I'll go out to like my friends launching a clothing label next Wednesday night and has invited me and my partner and we're going to that because he's our friend and he's a flipping legend and we totally believe in him. Yeah. But as far as going to things for the sake of being at a thing, I'm totally done with that. Yeah. That's How probably you... the biggest thing. That's huge. And it and... frees up a lot of time. Yeah. I've got my nights <laughs> free. I'm in my pyjamas at 6.30 most nights. How good's that? And, and it it's must the be best. So, so liberating. It's so nice. And yet I've seen and I've certainly spoken to people that have gone, oh, my God, I really am I allowed to do that? And part of, I think, the fear of saying no is what if I stop the asking? What if no one, what if I disappear? I had that, t- I had that for years. I was like, I didn't say yes because I wanted to say yes. I said yes because I was scared of being no, of saying no. Yeah. And um, that's a fear-based decision and they just don't work. So instead of coming from a place of, oh my God, what if I don't? Come from a place of, I don't give a shit. <laughs> and then like, ha- has my profile dropped? Like, Am I all of a sudden, like, nothing's really changed except (laughs) I'm just not running around in high heels, hanging out with old mate at a bar who I really don't care about. I'm actually probably at home doing research for an interview series that I'm filming the next week because I've been more productive with my time. And, you know, like, I think 
But so that fear stuff doesn't happen and... It doesn't usually happen. Like yeah. it, I think we've got this amazing ability to imagine the worst and like so what if you dropped off the radar anyway? Like who really cares? Yeah. If, if you... you're staying true to your purpose and living out your passion authentically, it doesn't matter. Yeah. Like because then you go to bed with that sense of integrity every day, which is way more important than being seen in front of a media wall and having, like, nothing inside. Yeah. So if you have those media but no integrity, then it means accounts for nothing really at I, the end of the day. That's what I th- yeah. That's the, the conclusion I've come to. Hey, I wanted to interrupt. I hope you're enjoying this chat with Maz. But I want to let you know about next week's episode where I catch up with Emma Isaacs, who's a global CEO of Business Chicks, which is Australia's largest women's networking group with over 45,000 members and just launching in the US. And I know I'm best when I've got something in my future that I'm scared of. And I know that sounds yeah. funny, but it's, um, you know, whether, whether it be a kind of, okay, you're speaking to 5,000 people in New York and okay, I've never done that before, but I... I've just got to put my hand up and say, yes, I can do that. And, and yeah. yeah, so of course I lose a bit of sleep and a little bit of anxiety about that. Mm-hmm. But then when I do it, I think, okay, it's great. I've, I've done it. I can, yeah. you know, and it just, it just helps me grow a little bit taller each time. But now it's back to Mads. Have you ever been in a situation where you've been really clear on what you want to do, why you want to do it, that whole purpose thing, and you can see you just your whole face kind of lights up when you go, this is what I want to do? Yeah. Have you ever been in that situation but still feel like you're not getting anywhere, like you're really clear on it but you're not kind of? How do you get some momentum when? Yeah, I think there's like there's definitely there's a thing, there's a project that I kind of see as a long-term project and I keep saying like, this is the year for it, this is the year for it. And it hasn't happened yet. And so I'm just, I'm, I have learned to give myself a break. And I think that's, I don't know, as, as a woman who is, you know, very driven and I've got my plans and I've got my things, I have had to learn to be okay with not, getting everything done every day all of the time and juggling 50,000 things and changing the world and also having time to cook dinner. Like I've had to just be kind to myself and go, that's okay if you put that on the back burner for a couple of years because I'm here for a long time. Like there there is time to do those things. So I think patience is probably the one thing. It's huge and letting go of those expectations. I know for myself, like I keep every year I go, right, this is the year I'm going to learn to surf. I'm going to learn to surf and I will get to learn to surf. You've got that one too. Right. But but, to get to the end of the year and go, oh, it hasn't happened happen. And it will happen, but it is. It's letting go of that expectation of And that's okay because maybe like your story will end up being that like Ali Hill learnt to surf at 78 and that's Amazing. such a better story than learning now. Carving it up. <laughs> Come and see that. Amazing. I would. I would pay money for tickets to see that. <laughs> so tell me about your current project because you just told me a little bit and, again, you just kind of glowed. I know. So I, I, for a few years now I've wanted to do an interview series where I talk to celebrities about stuff that I think is important that in a commercial radio sense you never get the chance to talk about. So the machine um, 
of, I guess, commercial radio and, and music and, and artist releases and all of that kind of stuff puts us in this situation where an artist will come into a radio station, do an interview about the single they're releasing or the album that they're touring or the tickets that they're selling, and you've got like five minutes and so you talk about the thing and then you do some hilarious silly game that you try and make somebody feel either like comfortable or awkward either either depending on your show and then they leave. Yeah. And so I, I've been in this like system for so long now where I've met so many celebrities and I've wanted to ask some stuff and I never get the chance because we have to talk about this thing, we have to formula. do this stupid game and then they piss off. Mm-hmm. So for a few years it's frustrated me that I've got this platform and access to these people who have great stories that no one knows yet because they're too busy running on the hamster mill of of PR and publicity and doing the thing. Mm. So it just, I guess, is a combination of right time, um, right place, um, where Yahoo... Seven came to me and said, look, we're launching this new digital platform. We will love you to be a part of it and, and we want you to create content. You know, would you be our entertainment correspondent and do your red carpets and all of this and and all of the stuff that I do that yeah. I've done forever? And I said, yeah, like I would love to do that and that's great, but that's what everybody else does. So can you give me this platform and can I talk to people about shit that actually matters? And they went... Yes. Oh, brilliant. And so that's what um, Chatterbox is. It's just me chatting to people about stuff that they never get to talk about because no one's got the room because you're too busy saying something that somebody's sponsored, um, talking about something that's going to promote something that someone's going to buy that's going to make somebody else rich and then running out the door. Yeah. And so it's just it, this open, um, safe space of what are you doing, what do you want to talk about, what do you think is important, or whatever. It's like, it's awesome. I've watched a couple and you can see the celebrities, like the guys you're interviewing, actually relaxing. Like it, you can see that they want to talk about it as well as yeah. much as you want to ask the questions. So Yeah. Really and cool. I think like a bit of backstory into how or like why – I kind of came up with this concept is because I found that especially when I worked at MTV and I did a lot of interviews and it was always one-on-one. So I was just the host and there was usually an artist or a band, but usually an artist. And I would find that they would just open up and tell me this stuff and then the cameras would roll. And I, and I would be like, you've just, dropped a bombshell on me and I can't do anything about it right now. And that, and that's not to expose people. That's just to say I'm really good at having conversations with people yeah. and, at, and disarming them and people trust me. And I don't know, there's, there's always been this really cool flow. And like my favorite conversations are the ones that were never recorded. So that's sort of the platform and, and without it being like headline grubby and scandalous and, you know, like, for the sake of it, mm. I want people to, to really open up and be true and talk about what, what really fires them up because I feel everyone deserves that platform. Yeah, and it's the connection to the people behind the, yeah. the faces, isn't it? Which yeah. Is, it doesn't matter whether we're talking to celebrities or the next door neighbour. That's what we want to get to. We want to get to the real human kind yeah. of being. So I can totally see that. Yeah. So you've got all this 
stuff that you're really lit up about, you're <laughs> juggling all the busyness, you're saying no to stuff. Is there anything that's keeping you awake at night? Oh, not at the moment. Guy hit that pillow and I'm <laughs> out, like, out a like a light. <laughs> um, no, I. you know what? I, a couple of years ago I suffered from pretty bad night traumas and I, I was a really, it sounds weird because I don't think anybody would ever pick it, but I like had panic attacks and was really anxious for about yeah. a year and a half and I didn't sleep well at all. I had these like really messed up dreams that would wake me in like a sweat and a panic. And I don't know why, like what that season was or what was going on in my life, but it has stopped and it's been stopped for a couple of years now and I'm so glad. Mm. So that was a really weird season and I don't know if at the time I wasn't like really being true to myself or if I was trying to live a life that I felt like people expected me to live or I was trying to be a person that people expected me to be. But since those days, I'm definitely living like the most authentic version of myself that I can. And I feel like with that contentment within me, like all of that anxiety just goes because there's no pressure. Yeah. So nothing keeps me awake at night. Yeah. My boyfriend does snore occasionally, <laughs> but I just like there's pegs for that, isn't it? Like something. <laughs> I haven't tried the no, pegs I yet. No, um, I just rib jab a little bit. Like I'm very gentle, but I do a little rib jab, and he usually rolls over. And when he's on his side, he doesn't snore. That's the only thing really yeah. that wakes me up. Can you <laughs> like coming out of that season? And it's interesting you say, "Hey, that was the case," and I'm not really sure why. Can you follow the breadcrumbs of what's helped you? Um, aside from you know listening to that that intuition, that that inner yeah. voice. Well, probably like well, the biggest lifestyle change that I've had in since then is I've quit drinking. So I haven't had a drink for over 18 months now. Mm. And I think that's been, I feel like I've had this awakening of sorts during, through that whole journey. So I think that might have had something to do with it of, of this, hey, just keep this in check thing. Like it's okay to be out and about and crazy and fast and loose, but like you're actually really damaging your brain and probably need your brain because you've got this really cool gift and all of that yeah. kind of stuff. So that's probably the biggest change that I've made and and things have really corrected since I made that choice in ways that I you can't really ever, I guess, plan for. Just, you know, stuff just happens. Even the ability to cope with, you know, um, being let go from my job, and I think most people, if you if you came home one day and you had to tell your boyfriend that you lost your job, the first thing you do is crack open a whiskey or a bottle of wine. Yeah. And and so I do? at that point I was like nine months sober and I'm like, so I'm not doing that today. Mm. You know? So just powerful stuff like that I think has been a really massive life shift for me. Yeah, those choices in that moment. Yeah. Yeah. Really powerful. As there was there any pushback when you made that? decision to to quit drinking from the people oh, yeah. around you oh from like how do you, do you deal with that kind of boundary and um people are really weird so <laughs> um i have legit had like almost an argument with a stranger about not drinking at a pub wow and i cuz i was like it's not a stranger but like not a friend just we were all at a, a farewell for a work colleague and this person was like, I'm doing a round, who wants a drink, a round of beers or whatever. And I was like, I'll just get a mineral water. And he was like, 
what's wrong with you? I'm like, nothing. No, I'm good. Like, I'm just not drinking. Why? I've decided to quit drinking. It's like yeah. all he heard was, um, can you please cut off your le- left testicle? Like, it's like I fully offended him by by saying, like, my position. And then and what I realised through, like, he, it, it got quite heated because he really, really wanted to know why I had decided to quit drinking because he couldn't wrap his brain around it. And what I think I realised through that conversation is like when you do something empowering, it holds a mirror up. And so the person just sees their own reflection back and they've got a problem with themselves and not you. And so I've learned to manage that quite well. And my immediate family and friends are all completely supportive and were like phenomenal about things. And like sometimes I forget like mum would come over with a bottle of wine and she'd like get us both a glass and I'm like <laughs> she's like, Oh sh- sorry. <laughs> like it's okay. Water in but it. that's what you know, like yeah. mum mum, me and a bottle of Villa Maria, like that was our Saturday afternoon kind of yeah. thing. But you just tweak your behaviour and, and people get on board. But it is incredible how offended people get by personal choice. Yeah, absolutely. And I think it is that mirror piece. It's mm. that I know that there are things in my life I need to sort out and I haven't done anything about it. And here's someone who's Who making is. a stand, even if it's around drinking or going to bed early, saying no to things, whatever it is, it uh, it's confronting. Yeah. And if you haven't got the courage to go, okay, that gives me permission to do the same. Yeah. Yeah. We, and yeah. I think as well, especially around the drinking thing, because our society is so geared up for it. It's mm-hmm. like, and this is one of the reasons why I decided to stop because everything in my life revolved around drinking. So um, it's a Friday afternoon. Let's go for drinks. It's a girls weekend. Let's go for drinks. My friend got engaged. Let's go for drinks. My friend's pregnant. Let's everybody else have a drink. Yeah. Like it was, it was insane. I was like, there's not actually like a day of the week that I can get, like get away with not drinking. And and then I realised that that's not being in control of your choices. That, so that was, you know, a, back, a bit of backstory as to why I decided to do it. But people, it's like I never asked anyone else to quit drinking, but the responses that you get, you would think that I had said, shut down the bar and everyone has to stay here with a gun to their head and no one's allowed to drink alcohol. Like that's what you would think I'd said when really yeah. I just said, can I get a mineral water with some fresh lime? Like I thought yeah. the fresh lime thing was maybe pushing what the limit, pushed him right? over the edge. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, crazy, isn't it? it but is. sticking true to that is so powerful and, and yeah. to be able to see uh, the implication of that not just in your health but clear thinking and all of those kind of Yeah, and the clear well. thinking, de- like absolutely, I'm, I'm at my most creative than, than I've ever been. Like I feel like there's this section of my brain that was either like not there or has been reawakened or something that functions and fires now and it didn't exist a couple of years ago for sure. Yeah, yeah. So powerful. Yeah. So obviously the name of this podcast is called Stand Out Life and a lot of what I talk about is the connection between purpose, so getting clear on why you're doing what you're doing and starting to make progress so you're actually yeah. getting traction on that. So I want to wrap up this conversation and ask you the question, what does it mean to live a standout life for you? Oh, that's such a big question. <laughs> I think, okay, I'll answer this question by going to the grave. So stay with me. <laughs> um, Lisa Messenger, who I'm a huge, huge fan of, um, 
writes this um, piece in one of her books and, and we've spoken about this moment where she was at a Find Yourself retreat, one of the many that she's done over the years, and um, they said, picture yourself at your funeral hmm. and think about the legacy that you're leaving. So to, li- to live a standout life for me is to, to go to the end of it and to think about what people will say and the legacy that I'm leaving behind. So that could be like a materialistic empire, which will probably be a result of some of the stuff that I'm trying to create and trying to build. But I think if at the end of of my days I can look back and go, every single day I chose to be awesome and kind, I think that's simple enough and powerful enough to have great things come from it. So it's that daily choice of it's not just here's all of our huge goals and we're so determined and let's get rich on the way and, you know, like all of this foo-foo bullshit that really doesn't matter. It's like that consistency and that daily simplicity of am I being an awesome human? Am I being kind? Great. Let's keep going. Beautiful. And you have been an awesome person. <laughs> Thank you so much for your up? time. That's beautiful. Cool. Thank you for your time and uh, just can't wait to see the next part of the legacy. Thanks. If you've enjoyed today's episode, then there's every chance that you might also enjoy reading a copy of my book called Stand Out, a real world guide to get clear, find purpose and become the boss of busy. Standout is available in all good bookstores as of October 2016. You can grab a copy by heading to my website, www.alisonhill.com.au. If you liked what you heard in this episode, I'd love it if you could take a few moments, pop over to iTunes and give this podcast a quick rating so that we can continue to share these conversations with people around the world. As always, I'm Ali Hill and this is Standout Life.